0: talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think, and I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a
1: guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your
0: hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade.
1: And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to
0: shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and all of your podcasting platforms. With John Mita, Hi. I am Joe O'Donnell. It's episode 200 and something. And uh, we got a lot to get into. Johnny Mita, how the hell are you?
1: I'm well, Joe. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I appreciate you asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really, I mean, normally we hammer out, hey, we're going to talk about A, B, and C. What do you feel about this? We haven't really talked prior to this one. We're just going to kind of roll with the punches here. So I'm going to lob it to you. All right. Where do you want to start? Because I got a lot on my mind with baseball underway and those fighting fills. I've got a hot take on James Harden. Uh, The NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. I don't even know what that means. Like, I I don't know how it works. Um, And I'm not kidding. Like, I know it's the seven, eight, nine, and ten teams in each conference, but some teams might get two games if they lose. Like, I I really don't get that. Um, We could touch on the final four since we haven't had a podcast since Nova was ousted. And then we got an Eagles trade. Um, And I'm sure more than that. So, what do you – what do you want to get after first?
1: No, you 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 tell me. I'm I'm well versed on everything, as you know, Joe. So, uh, all right. Um, well,
0: listen, I I have an issue with Major League Baseball.
1: All right, give it to me. All right. Good.
0: Baseball's ineptitude and the greed of the players and the owners is now screwing the game. Have you noticed how many pitchers and players are hurt? First of all, in my opinion, it's somewhat embarrassing that it takes them, like, two months to get ready for a season. Like, what are you doing in the offseason? Like, why do you come into spring training, have to throw 12 pitches here, an inning there, two simulated games, then we throw a third of an inning? I don't get it. Why is it so difficult? Like, how did pitchers – I know guys weren't throwing as hard 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago. But why is it so hard for these pitchers in particular to get ramped up in a shorter amount of time? And so baseball, all they've done now, because they couldn't get it together and get through the lockout sooner, they didn't want to miss games because that means missing money, so they shortened spring training, and now everybody and their brother is getting hurt. Mets pitcher last night hurts himself. Phillies pitchers already, wow, this guy's behind. Shoulder soreness. like It's happening all across baseball. I know they made the rosters a little bit bigger for the first month to try and work some of this in. But you're talking about multiple teams with multiple pitchers sometimes that are already hurt, that are already missing time or going to miss time now because of shoulder soreness or arm fatigue or what have you. And in my opinion, a lot of it's because they're not prepared. They're not ready, right? That's not rocket science. And the only reason this happened is because baseball couldn't get it together and figure it out in time to have a full spring training. So their ineptitude and their greed is now causing a a more damaged product, both physically and then for the fan base. You got teams that are, you know, scrounging up pitchers off the scrap heap right now, already calling guys up. And we're through like three games in the season. It's embarrassing. So, baseball, well done as always to just screw it up. Your take
1: yeah um you may you bring up some some good points um you think with today's day and age and when it comes down to sports science and everything and how differently athletes train today as when they did i don't know twenty years ago when they were popping greenies and and other things to help them get them through the season, but it's just it, it happens a lot when and that's why a lot of these lockouts it, it as a fan, it really stinks because you're. It's it just ruins it ruins the game, right? It 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 takes away fr- from the game as well. And we
0: have we, we, we now this is are how... consuming a de- like a uh, a diminished product because they couldn't figure it out in time to come to terms on a on an agreement, mm-hmm. and now they're putting their own players, the union, and the owners who pay for the players. You know, they're putting them at a disadvantage. And sure, years ago, would some guys maybe have pitched through some of the pain these guys are having? Or would they have had the science and the technology to figure out what's wrong with the guy? Or, hey, we should shut him down because if we don't, it could get worse. Yeah, I get that. But if baseball had just figured it out two months ago and had a normal spring training, we'd see less of this. I don't even think it's up for debate.
1: No, I I totally agree with that. And the disappointing factor is that, when we had the COVID shortened season, when it was like the 56-game season, they knew yeah. that they were going to run into these issues again, you know, a year and a half down the road. So that should have been addressed. So when they come to the table, the collecting bar, collective bargaining table, they should say, well, here are issues, and just start throwing out feelers, and then hammer it out. The, 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 the part that and, – and I'm not a – like, I know a little bit about the unions, but I don't know – you know all the necessary rules of when you can start negotiating, when you can you give your proposals. It's just it. And listen, and and the commissioner of baseball, he's a stone cold fraud, and he's one of the worst. I thought Roger Goodell was the worst commit. I mean, you could argue that there is literally only maybe one decent, good commissioner involved in professional sports, and that might be, um, what is it, Adam Silver of the NBA. Yeah.
0: Well, and they Dude, went from they no. went from David they went from David Stern to Adam Silver. That was a pretty smooth transition. Right, David Stern was well respected.
1: Exactly, and the other thing is baseball doesn't do well is they don't really market it, their players, their brand, as, as like some of these other leagues. And I think that also hurts. But I, I agree, it's a shame that these guys get hurt. It is amazing, like you know, last night if you're just watching the Phillies game. You think they they could go to their closer. They're like, Well, was he off or did he pitch two days in a row? And it's like, guys can't pitch 30 pitches in one game and ramp it up for another game. Yeah,
0: you know? well, I just I did just hear that the who you're referring K- to, Corey, yeah, Knable, right? If, if that's yeah,
1: yep, that's he okay. is
0: actually now on the not now he's on the COVID list. So, he missed last night's game, the opener against the Mets, because of flu-like symptoms. Now he's on the COVID list or the sick list or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So okay. He's even unavailable for this, okay. Okay. you know, okay. the, probably the rest of this Mets series. But okay. I, I'm that with you 100%. Start. No, you're right, though, because, <laughs> because so many guys can't pitch back-to-back days now. So, yeah. uh, it's, that's it's, another reason I, for another I time. don't get
1: that either. I mean, and I'm a huge sports fan, but, like, I just want somebody to. Do you know the rules? I mean, I'll even throw it out to you. Do you even know what the rules are? Like, a guy, how long a guy can't pitch between, like, coming out of the bullpen, why they're not available? Like, I don't don't understand that at all. I think
0: it's just literally, how does he feel? The trainers or the the doctors or the manager or the pitching coach, whatever. Like, but this is what's crazy, because when it comes October, now all of a sudden, you know, all hands on deck. It's game seven. And your yeah. starter of the throw in game five, well, he can give you two innings. Well, if you give you two innings then, like, what's the difference between him get, you know throwing 40 pitches yeah. in the regular season? So, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. all, again, a lot of it's these guys are coddled. Yeah. It is a long season. I get it. But you look yeah. at somebody like J.T. Romuto, who would mm. literally play 162 games if they let him, yeah. and and then we're talking about a pitcher who after, you know, 18 pitches on a Friday – and fourteen more on a Saturday. He's on available Sunday, like Uncle.
1: And there's nobody better than that than our old friend Patty Meshack.
0: Oh, By God. the way, oh, speaking of relievers, remember we went through our our list kind of the other day. We I was dropping last episode. Uh, yeah. I drew, we had sure. a Mount Rushmore of of bust draft picks, but yeah, um, I dropped a couple relievers. You fired some. Uh, I got a text message. A very disappointed Chris Winnick wanted to know why Jake Diekman. Ah, Jake Diekman? Uh, Jake? Wasn't Day? referenced.
1: The Deep- e. side flamethrower?
0: And I Jake stumbled upon another Deep- name last night. I was oh talking my to my buddy back in Houston. All right? I'm talking to my buddy. Mm-hmm. And um, the last name Worley comes up, unrelated to um, baseball. And I'm talking about a guy. Vanimal? And he goes, the former Phillies pitcher, I go, no, that was Vance Worley. So there's another ah. reliever from the past for you that makes you want to puke. Oh. The Vanimal?
1: The Vanimal, yeah. Uh. Remember, we could have traded – The amount we, we could have traded the Vanimal – this was thrown out there. I don't know – Vanimal and the great Dom Brown. Dom Brown. There's another bust of a player. For oh, David called. Wright at the Mets, that's what I heard was on the table, but they didn't do it. But which anyway.
0: David Wright with two arms and two legs, or the one that like his knees had fallen apart and he was like yeah, maybe a was, statue? Maybe it was um, that David
1: Wright. I <laughs> still would have been better man, than Dom Brown. Uh,
0: Dom Brown had a double, I think, in his first major league at bat, and mm-hmm. and we were li- Kara's literally giving birth to Jake that night. Uh-huh. So this is now. 11 years almost 12 years ago and I was like ready to be like we should name him dom that yes. is the hype that came with Dom Brown
1: he came with great I mean he had one month where he killed it and many yeah. then, then he was yeah and then he was never to be heard from again we have
0: it Philadelphia has to have the most average that have been embraced by this city Oh, like, yeah. no other. Like, you think about Brandon Duckworth. Like oh,
1: What's a Duckworth? Remember the,
0: remember the <laughs> duck pond
1: that they oh, had? Yeah.
0: in the oh. And we had how about Randy Padilla, wolf? Padilla, Padilla's Flotilla. Oh, yeah. And how about Randy Wolf? The Wolf yeah, Pack. Wolf Pack. Like, we have embraced some of the most average athletes. Oh, some of these cities that hold win on. titles. There's one even better than that. Don't forget about,
1: it's about not it. they delivering pizzas no, up to the upper right. depth.
0: Everybody loves Sal Fasano. He hit Sal like He, he looked like a poor man's, man's Pete week.
1: Incavilla. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: The mustache was the dive. for. He was like
0: the CC Sabathia of catchers as far as body type Exactly. Goes.
1: Or he, he was like, I don't know if you ever saw Eastbound and Down with Danny McBride. Yeah, but he he, was. he, he looks, uh, oh my God, I don't even remember his name in that. But that was a fantastic sitcom or show. Kenny or Powers. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> Kenny Powers. Okay, Kenny Powders. <laughs> just kidding.
0: Uh, anyway, anyway, so yeah, we, we are digressing a little. Digressing, track, but I mean, think yeah. about think about the athletes that we have embraced, started fan ah. clubs for, made up T-shirts for, giving standing ovations to. Oh yeah. That just flat out stink.
1: Unbelievably stinky, terrible people. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, I got another baseball beef, and it's with Alec Bolt, okay. who we'll apologized.
1: Okay. After the okay. game
0: when everybody let him know that his, the words he mouthed to D.D. Gregorius coming off the field after he booted the 60th ball in the early season, another error for Boehm, and he basically said, I hate this bleeping place, talking about Philly, the ballpark, whatever, baseball, who knows? This guy mm-hmm. has to grow up, and he's got to grow up now. It's clear from last year to this year he's Mm -hmm. made zero strides in maturity, approach, mental fortitude. It's about time he finds his way to Lehigh Valley, tries to get his game back, and if not, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Boom. Had enough. I thought this guy was going to hit 300 last year. The the amount of poise and clutch hits he came up with at the tail end of two seasons ago when he was locked in and was delivering, Mm -hmm. spraying the ball all over the field. He is lost right now. He stinks. I don't care if he lashes a single or hits a double. If you can't field third base, even at a routine level, we got no place for you because the defense isn't good enough. Now, if he was hitting 310 with 35 dingers and 110 RBIs at the end of the season and couldn't feel worth a lick, and he was the only source of power on the lineup, that'd be one thing. But he's probably got the least power in the lineup, and – on top of that, he can't field his position. So let's find a nice comfort in and suites in Lehigh <laughs> Valley where he can assimilate back into the Iron Pigs. Then maybe after a couple weeks, the team will get him an apartment, which they'll probably pay for, to take care of him. Maybe give maybe a little one-bedroom, maybe a studio in Lehigh Valley. Let him get some games under his belt, the Iron Pigs. If he figures it out, great. If he doesn't, goodbye. Trade deadline, Require, acquire a pitcher and a case of baseballs and give them both.
1: Wow. Wow. Pretty down on it.
0: And I like Listen. this guy, man. I did like him, but now I'm like, he's, he, that's it. I'm done. See you later. Nah. Wow. Give me Bryson wow. Stott 115 games this year.
1: Yeah. little stock Camargo action.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: yeah. It's, um, it's tough. Uh, I do like the fact that he owned it. Right. I, I'm a huge, I'm such a, uh, a proponent of people being held accountable and yep. for their own behavior. So like, Four we won't hours. mention by name, but they, they never, they never, you know, they're never held accountable for playing terribly or doing something that was ridiculous or their own fault. And so I give him credit for that. Um, not a great look, but he owned it. And I'm good with, I'm a person I can give you a second chance, but you got to own it.
0: But You're going to let I him off the hook? I
1: wouldn't say let him off the hook. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't say let him off the hook. He's on notice. I mean, he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm sure some of his teammates or perhaps the Phillies PR team got in his ear once <laughs> they found out that it was called on camera what he said at this place. Um, so... We'll see what happens. He's been an absolute butcher. Uh, My whole thing is this. Again, when you get to this level, is it, is this something, can his defense be improved? Is it a possibility or you, or is it, and I don't know. I really don't know the answer to this. And I would love to talk to somebody at a higher level or an expert that could tell us, like, if you're bad defensively, can you improve? Or once a butcher, always a butcher. So, but my whole thing is this Listen, His name's come up for trade deadline Apparently they want to get rid of him So Again, trade deadline, we'll see what happens But the only good thing is You know, if we're going to look at a little silver linings Playbook here, he is not So, right. so either John to- Walker got a hit So, but That's all I got on, on the boomster
0: Real quick sidebar Kevin Long, hitting coach Next manager Re- of the Phillies
1: Love him. Love him. Love the enthusiasm. you see him coming
0: out of the dugout?
1: Love him. The guy, first of all, what are you with Mickey Moniac? okay? Here's Mickey Moniac, and I'll own it because this is what I do because if I say something stupid, I can own it. And, again, this is still a wait-and-see approach. But, you know, I was bombing Mickey Moniac for being one of the greatest busts of all time. This guy, Kevin Long, comes in, makes two adjustments to his swing, moves him closer to the plane, tells him something else. Than the previous regime did, as far as hitting coach goes. And next thing you know, he's like almost tied with Bryce Harper for home runs in the spring. So it's a shame he got hurt. Um, you know, just another case of Philadelphia bad luck, I guess. But yes, I'm a big fan of Kevin Long, and he looks like he's going to do wonders with this entire lineup. All right, so. Johnny made it to the Sixers. Uh,
0: Toronto's hey, the first we round go. opponent. 10, here we nine, go. Eight, uh, speaking 76ers. of Sixers.
1: Here we go. Go ahead. Trust the yours? process.
0: Matisse Theibel cannot Remember. play in Canada. He's only partially vaccinated. I heard his yeah. answer. I heard his press conference. He's still letting uh-huh. down the team, ultimately mm-hmm. letting down the city, ultimately not holding up his end of the bargain on a contract. So uh-huh. frustrated, certainly. Uh-huh. Uh, he better figure it out when he mm-hmm. does get in there, and they better win this series or Theibel's going to have nowhere to hide. Break it down, yep. Sixers, Raptors, can they get it done? All right.
1: All right, first and foremost, okay, I was on Twitter the other day, and, um, you know, the Lakers fan chimed in and said, oh, we would love, as a lifelong Lakers fan, Doc Rivers be a great fit for our team. And I'm like...
0: Did you put gas in your tank and go pick up Doc? I was like,
1: as a huge Sixers fan, you can have him, okay? Another, here, again, I'll admit some accountability when they hired Doc Rivers. At first, I was on, on board with the move.
0: Yeah, we both worked.
1: But now it looks like he was just masked. He's not a great coach at all. His substitution patterns flat out suck. Um, And he thinks he craps ice cream. Um, He, anybody that asked him a question that's different from his opinion or his so-called expertise, would you ask pop that question? It just makes me sick. Like a reporter came up with a valid question. Like, Hey, because DeAndre Jordan has struggled so much, Paul Reed, do you think he should have maybe have played Paul Reed earlier in the season? Has he shouldn't have gotten a fair shake? Of course. Because the plus minus with DeAndre Jordan, he's flat-out cooks. I mean, DeAndre Jordan's done. So, but Doc Rivers is a bit of an ass lately. I, I, I'm about Doc leaving, and then I would throw Sam Cassell into the number one chair. Just like you want to like put Kevin that. Long in the chair? But give me Sam I am. Look at the work he's done with Tyrese Maxey and making the improvement there. That's been absolutely incredible. Um, but getting to the Sixers, what else are we going to talk about? If um, Joel Embiid doesn't win the MVP. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drive me nuts, and I think it's just a biased decision by some uninformed media so-called experts. The other thing is, I know a lot of people are giving Fible hell for his VAC status, and I understand it's a team sport. You're letting your team down, okay? But I can also under respect somebody that just wants to make that decision, you know, because everyone thinks these things are so safe, and I'm not trying to get political, but 769 athletes have collapsed while competing over the past year. The average player of these suffering cardiac arrests is just 23 years old. That is the average age. Let me say it one more time. 769 athletes have collapsed. Now, soccer players are well, – Why is everyone dropping because of heart problems? I just don't understand. So, let's just find a little tangent. Listen, every it, it's everyone's choice. He chose not to get it. That's his choice. That's all I'm saying on that. Are you
0: disappointed?
1: Listen, well, I mean, listen, here – I, am I disappointed? You know who I'm disappointed in? Let me tell you, I'm disappointed. Oh boy, here we go. I don't know. If you want to uncork this bottle? Well, listen. Wish, how about? I, w- huh? I wish you I wish could you- see this.
0: I wish you could see the grin on my face waiting for this. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, and I'm gonna huh? lose my mind. So make this quick.
1: Okay, who am I disappointed in? I'm disappointed in the country of Canada. That's who I'm disappointed in okay and all the, right, I'll the cra- allow
0: that I'll allow that.
1: all right yep. the craziness of the rule right so it's like oh you can't play if you're unvaccinated but my whole thing is if you're fully vaccinated and boosted and can get the disease and still spread it, what is the difference And anybody can try to tell me there's a difference tell me there's a difference people <laughs> right Just like the athletes in New York City right? They're all exempt, right? They're vaccinated. The athletes are exempt, but then the city workers aren't exempt. So they're losing their jobs. But the athletes are exempt, right? So that's my problem. The hypocrisy just doesn't make any sense. Are you going to
0: game one or two against the Raptors?
1: No. Here's another reason why I'm not going. Because
0: now. (laughs) I just teed this one up. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, teed it right up.
1: We're back to the mess. The great city of Philadelphia. We're back to the mass mandates. They can't tell you why. Like, tell me why. If you can provide information on why this is such a good thing, then maybe people get on board with it. We're all exhausted. Stop the madness. Stop. Make it stop. Look on StubHub right now. People are selling their tickets like wildfire.
0: All right. Interesting. All I, right. I'm just, all right. I got anyway. a hot t- Do the Sixers win the series?
1: Yeah, the Sixers win this series in six games. It's not going to matter. Do you know why? Okay. Because we have Joel, Hans, and Bead on our team. He's going to drop at least 40 points in three games of this series. And mark my words, James Harden will have three games where he scores 25 points and over 10 assists. Wow. Yep, that's my bold prediction. This All is right. why we got him. They're going to shoot him up with something to get that hammy feeling nice and limber, or perhaps they go the holistic approach with things. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to get it done, it, despite Doc Rivers being, I don't know, possibly the worst coach in the playoffs, we'll see.
0: Here is my hot take on James Harden. I don't think – look, and maybe this isn't even a hot take. This might not be a news flash. Mm-hmm. I don't think he puts in the work. I don't think he goes through his treatments. I mm. even bet – That he dogs it in practice or takes practices off. So if you want to know why he has no explosiveness, it could be damn well because he's missing workouts, because he's not showing up for treatments. I look, I spent a lot of time around pro athletes over the last 15 years. Well, you were
1: in Houston when he was there a lot. More more recently,
0: five years, but more recently around higher end athletes, right? And these guys Uh put in the time. And they get treatment every single day when something's wrong with them. And they practice when they can and when they're not, they're working out. And I would bet you that James Harden's doing none of it. Now, do I have any factual evidence? Do I have a source telling this? No. But if I had a guess, given what we know about James Harden, given what we know about James Harden and his love for the nightlife, not judging, but if you're (laughs) at the club, it's hard to get up at 8 a.m. to show up for a workout or practice, or treatment. If you go, ah, I don't need to get the stems on my hamstring. I don't need to get the, uh, you know, the the massage on my hamstring tomorrow. I'll get it on Thursday. You, the more time you miss, the more treatments you miss, the longer the injury takes to heal. He's not in great shape. That's been well documented. Yep. I'm going to bet. The reason he has no explosiveness and the reason he hasn't gotten better from this lingering issue is because he ain't putting in the time to get better.
1: Listen, there is no doubt in my mind you could be on to something there. And and the Sixers are gonna be faced with the decision. I'm interested to see how this playoff run goes because essentially he has an opt-in in his contract, so he could still opt in at like 45 million dollars. To me, that would be best-case scenario if things don't go well, you get one more year as opposed to a long-term extension of five years at an ungodly $45 million number and just see what you have. Um, can he turn it up another gear? My this is the, the other big question for me is, was he just trying to assimilate himself into his new team? He literally had a small window of 23 games to try to get to know his teammates, get involved, kind of build these types of relationships. It's just so interesting to me. It's like the first four games he came in, it's like, all right, right, on the way to the championship. Then he's been shooting so poorly. Is it his leg injury? Does he not have the lip? We can see he doesn't have the explosiveness. Durant came out with a report saying he was pissed off about the shape he came in. And again, that might have been because he just didn't like Kyrie Irving and And whatever. And maybe he's a selfish athlete. And we all know there's a lot of them out there. So, listen, I'm optimistic. This is why we acquired a guy. People are going to down and say, listen, it was still a crappy trade. You know, everyone still thinks the Brooklyn Nets got the better end of the deal. But Ben Simmons is still not stepped foot on the court yet. So, I I can't say that.
0: This team doesn't miss Ben Simmons for a second. No. And those draft picks are going to be protected. And so we well. hit on
1: a uh, – I think I hit on a close prediction, Joe. I don't, I don't know. I think
0: at yeah, the you start did with this, the over-under on wins. What did I, I say? I think you I nailed was... it. I think you said 51 or 52, and they finished with 51, didn't they? Uh,
1: I think so. I think I said 52 maybe, even without Ben Simmons. Yeah, and they landed on 51. So, yeah. a- again, and, and again, that's another reason why you have to give the MVP to Joel, Embi- Joel Embiid. Because what the guy did night in, night out. Listen, I'm not telling you Nikolai Jokic and, and 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 Booker haven't been great and Giannis. But this guy literally, if this guy's not on the team, how many games do they win? Because their bench was dead like pretty much twenty eighth out of thirty teams in the league in bench scoring. Like that is horrible. And every time he was on the floor, the defense was better. And every time he went off, it seemed like 20-point leads disappeared in a matter of yep. two minutes.
0: Yep. So. I hear you, bro. All right, There's so no let, me, let, me, let me get you. A, what, I, have what, one more, I have one more sentence for you. Sure. On this What's your prediction? James Harden
1: What's your thing. prediction in the series? I don't know, Put man. I, the All
0: Raptors right. have given the Sixers some trouble. Siakam See, oh. seems to Hell. play well. Yeah. Van Fleet, they beat him without Van Fleet a week ago. So, Mm-hmm. This will be a tough one, uh, harder yep. than anybody expected for a first-round matchup. You know, yeah, got to win so the ago. first
1: two games at home, so important. But go ahead.
0: Um, think about this: 2004 playoffs, NFL, mm-hmm. TO. Mm-hmm. Everything we heard, cryotherapy. He's in the cryo chamber in his house. Comes back.
1: Yeah.
0: James Harden hamstring injury. It's months of lingering. So that that's all. That's my analogy right there. When Mm -hmm. an athlete wants it, and an athlete comes back quicker than the timetable says, you know they put in the work. When Mm -hmm. something's lingering with a guy, something's up. Ain't putting in the work. All the resources, all the science, all the doctors, all the medicine, they can't get this guy healthy, or he's just healthy and he's not as good, which is even scarier if you're the Sixers. Um, All right. You got anything else on the Sixers other than, you know, I did want to say, Doc, like, I don't know why Doc, Rivers is acting like he owes DeAndre Jordan something. Like, that's yeah. his guy from the Clippers. So, sure. We're gonna He's just still making a salary. Just him. keep like, him give, on
1: the bench and make him yeah. a high price pay cheerleader. Give me a I'm break.
0: Good. Like, B ball, Paul. It's time. That's what I'm gathering from my peeps. That's what everybody's saying on WIP. I'm with it, Doc. Figure it well, out. Well,
1: if, if you do look at it, there was a game where basically. Um, Paul Reed had to play Giannis Now listen, Giannis is always going to get his 30 But I mean, he's athletic enough He's long He's got a good, like he can explode He can jump off the floor pretty well Like, just give him a shot And that's what I hate Where I think coaches um, They just, they don't give young guys I mean, look at look an at example Like Tyrese Maxey, right? If Ben Simmons is on this basketball team Do we get the Tyrese Maxey this year? We probably don't, right? We don't see him just become, you know, a a budding star before our eyes. Just like Paul Reed. And again, like, everyone's like, oh, Matisse Like, Well, who's going to get those men's? Like, what's wrong with Isaiah Joe? Like, at least the guy can shoot it a little bit. He's athletic. He, You know, know, I get so caught up in playing these veterans. And I'm like, I'd rather see some young guys get And then they, they should have been acclimated through the course of the season instead of now trying to unveil him right before the play. Right? Because, like, I look at, like, I love Jay Wright as a coach, right, A Villanova. Love him. Think he's the best in the country. You know, my, one of my only gripes, gripes with Jay, sometimes the inbounding play. But the second one would be that he doesn't acclimate his freshman enough. And I know they're learning him his system and- How can I argue with a guy who won two national championships in three years? But when it comes to depth and you look at a play, you look at like the NCAA tournament, you're going to need eight to nine guys to play, you know, six to seven guys. You get in some foul trouble or again, you have a catastrophic injury, which was that's kind of what Villanova suffered. Now it'd be hard to acclimate somebody with so quickly. So that's kind of my stance on that.
0: All right. Anything else on Nova before we jump ship to the birds? Yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, listen, congratulations to Villanova. Great run. Um, Best case scenario. Again, just watching them throughout the course of the year, I thought sweet 16 best case scenario. They would make the elite. Eight. The fact that they got to the final four, they pressed hard against Kansas. I I was a little disappointed in the refereeing in that game. I've never seen like four fouls called on a team. Like it's just, it was just utterly ridiculous. It might have been a different story. And listen, the best team won, and then Kansas, again, it's Villanova loses to another eventual national championship. I mean, I don't know. It's and that's like seven in like the last twenty years, which is just mind-blowing. But hey, you lost to the national champion. I I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I mean, you're the. It's not like you got taken out by Saint Peter's. I mean, you got taken out by seven eventual national champions. So. The cats will be back. They got a great McDonald's All American coming in, Cam Whitmer, who's out of this world, and they'll be back. So, great run for the cats. It was, uh, and it was great to watch and be a fan of. So,
0: all right, Bird's trade. I hated it initially. I Uh backed down a little bit. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to draft players and get better. I hate Mm -hmm. kicking the can down the road. Two thousand twenty-three, two thousand twenty-four. Because that means we have to suffer this year with a team that's not as good as it could have been had you just taken three players in the first round. Like, that's the reason you made the trade you made to acquire the draft capital to eventually select someone. But to keep just pushing the buck, passing the buck, moving it down. Like, at some point, my kids are going to be in college and the Eagles are finally going to make the selection that they got in the Carson Wentz trade. Like, (laughs) let's go. Pick some players. Make the team better. Two on offense. One on defense, two defense, one offense, three on defense. Like, anything could have worked. Two linemen and a skill guy. Make some picks so that you can add some young talent on this roster. Instead, they trade. Now we now there's only two picks for the Eagles in the first round. I know they acquired other picks. And, and when you look at it, you're like, all right, this has the chance to really work out. I'm sure everybody will be going, oh, Howie season. Oh, what a trade. They fleece the Saints when they end up getting the 15th overall next year. But I just, I'm tired of it, especially if next year you're loading up to get your quarterback. Because guess what? You ain't winning with a rookie quarterback. So now not only do we have this year where they're not going to compete for a championship, now we have next year where they're not competing for a championship. So now we're looking three years down the line before there's any reasonable expectation of a conference championship game or beyond. Now, do I think the Eagles are going to do that conference championship or beyond this year or next year realistically, no matter who they draft? No, probably not. But the more, as an organization, you push things to the future, the more you're essentially telling us, yeah, we don't have a shot this year or next year, essentially. And I just – I'm tired of tired of Howie, always moving and shaking. You know, the Wench trade last year with Devontae, where they start, six. They went to 12. Up. Like, unk, just make a damn draft pick with where you have the selection.
1: Yeah. Um, I, love, I love the fire and the passion there because – when I first saw the trade, I thought we unloaded two first rounders. And, and oh then God, I was like, you drive off the highway? Well, I was, thank God I was sitting down and then I had to read again because my reading skills aren't fantastic. But once I took it in, I was like, okay, decent trade. Again, I understand the rationale, right? They trade, they require another pick. Next year, pick, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are getting, it's going to be a better quarterback class than this year. You now, my whole thing is, Listen, I don't care who your quarterback is. If you don't get good enough talent, no matter who the quarterback is, it's not going to matter. You know, it's not going to matter. And I'm just disappointed that Howard Rosen has not gotten Jalen Hurts more receivers. You know, I don't want to hear about the Olympic hurdler that played (laughs) at Oregon. Well, he's going to come come and what become the next Travis Fulgham. I mean, come on, let's get some pedigree. And when, when a guy like Robinson, who I liked big time, signs with the L.A. Rams, apparently the L.A. Rams, they don't have a salary cap. I don't know what they're doing, but they're signing everybody and their mother. But I, I just, I hope he has a plan. Listen, this was a draft that I thought you could legitimately nail down three starters for your defense where you can make a huge difference at every level. I figured you could take two secondary guys and a linebacker a one-defensive lineman and a linebacker and a secondary. Like, there were options where they a picking, where they could literally pick three guys. I get it. They don't want to pay three first-round draft picks. If they hit on every one of them, the chances that, with our drafting capabilities, hasn't been great. But it's going to be real interesting. Listen, if they find a way and go move up and get the cornerback that I want desperately and badly – if they go find a way to go get Ahmed Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, they move up and get him, and then they take, like, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, I'll be pleased as punch coming off the ACL injury. But I don't know what they're going to do. They're looking for edge. If they take a guy like George Carlo Fitis, this guy, this DN from Purdue, it looks like the next coming of Mike Moore. I will literally lose my mind and <laughs> – you know, you could I, I, I'm going to be on the all-bridge watch list at that point, but I, I don't know. It, it's no more Jerome like it,
0: McDougals, no more oh Danny god. Watkins, no oh more god. Mike Mamolas. Oh god, no it, more J.R. J. Reads. Oh my
1: god, like take the pedigree. Okay, you get me any guy from Georgia's defense this year? I'm pretty sure he can start for your football team. Amen. I mean, that was the best defensive college team I've ever seen. I'm 40, what, three, two years old, and I've been watching football since I don't know. I was, I don't know, eight years old. Like, they gave up like seven points a game in college football, which is just utterly ridiculous. So, and they have a good corner on that team. And, you know, get set. I'm going to, I'm going to have a great draft preview in a future podcast. I'm going to take down, like, I'm going to give you the top five at, like five to six positions that I think if we could strike on these guys, then we'll, we'll be doing some things. But all right, anyway, Johnny, that's draft
0: think. preview on our next episode of the Brotherly Love. Podcast. Absolutely,
1: Holla. you got All it. right,
0: real quick, and I mean real quick here. Sure. Uh, Flyers have added some young talent from the NCAA ranks. Frozen Four was just last weekend. Denver beat Minnesota State Mankato. If you're scoring at home, the Pioneers are your national champions, and they have Bobby Brink a former Uh Flyers draft pick who's signed. He's going to make his NHL debut. So in the last couple of weeks, this happened a lot. College, they Uh get signed by NHL teams, whether they've been drafted or sometimes not. They're just an undrafted agent. But Ronnie Adder, Bobby Brink, and Noah Cates are the three reasons to watch Flyers games. Well, and Owen Tippett, acquired in the Claude Giroux trade. They're the reason to watch Flyers games the next 10 days to two weeks. All right? They give you a chance to look towards the future. So, Ronnie Adder, who was Western Michigan, I believe. Noah Cates, um, who was a Duluth Bulldog. He's from Stillwater, Minnesota. And Bobby Brink from the Denver Pioneers, who led the nation in scoring, as well as Owen Tippett and that Giroud trade. Those are the guys. If you happen to catch a Flyers game, keep your eyes on them. And then, of course, a kid like Cam York, see if he continues to develop. On the back end. I have a stat of the day for you, John Mita.
1: Okay. Give it to me. You ready? Yep.
0: Connor McDavid, before the age of 26, has posted 209 multiple point games. Okay? He's only 25. Before the age of 26, Connor McDavid, 209 career multi-point games in the NHL. I'm going to give you some names on the list, okay? Bobby Orr, 205. Again, McDavid at 209. Crosby, 202. Yarmir Yager, 210. Steve Iserman's on the list, a little bit ahead of McDavid. All right? Brian Trottier, Denny Savard, Dale Howarchuk, all slightly ahead of McDavid. Now, he's not 26 yet, so he could catch some of these guys. At 255 multiple-point games, again, McDavid's got 209. At 255 is Mario Lemieux second most all-time. Again, McDavid could potentially come close to catching it. Number one on the list, most multi-point games before the age of 26 in NHL history. McDavid's at 209. Number one, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, 409. 200 more multi-point games right now for Wayne Gretzky than Connor McDavid before the age of 26. Again, McDavid will have some games before he turns 26 to try and close the gap right now wayne gretzky with 409 multi-point games before he turned 26 is your stat of the day
1: yeah i mean wayne gretzky i mean if you just, just like insane. look yeah his statistics again that's why he was called the great one but i mean he, they're just i mean his point total all time it's just it's, well,
0: it's, it's more it's, assists than anyone else ever had points Yeah. That's the ultimate stat of stats across the team. It's absurd. All
1: right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my my stat of the day. Okay. And it's just going to reaffirm why damn Howie Rosen needs to get some more talented wide receivers and professional wide receivers. Here we go. Receiving yards since the start of 2020. Remember this guy? Justin Jefferson, 3,016. Most among all NFL players. Ready? Here we go. Every Eagles wide receiver, 4,075, fewest among all NFL teams. Wow. If you don't think we have a proud Matt receiver, we do. Hello, McCloud. In the last
0: two years, Jefferson has been a 1,000 yards short of the entire receiving core of two Eagles teams.
1: That is broken down 100% correctly, which is just embarrassing and sad at the same time. <sighs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Put that in uh, your pipe and smoke it. Uh, all right. I mean, it was a pleasure as always.
1: Yeah, so I really enjoyed this podcast. Uh, you know, sorry I got a little fired up over things, but uh, this is going to be great. And let me ask you a question real quick, your prediction. How far do you think the Sixers can go?
0: I don't know, man. It seems like the sky's Woo! falling. Kind of seems so, like it's a bad time. to. I, I, here's my one thing that can save them. All right. The time off. Yeah. Or are they going to get five or six days to yeah. hopefully rest and practice yeah. and they start at home so you don't have to travel? So if yeah. they approach this five-day window appropriately, rest and practice time, there should be no excuses not to come out in game one and mm-hmm. blow the doors off the Raptors and set the tone for the series. If I they guess. get through round one and they're playing good basketball, I expect them to go to the conference finals or the NBA finals. If it's a struggle bus against Toronto, if Harden's not playing well and they squeeze it out because beats just a the difference, then they won't get out of the second round. So I know that's on the fence, but I think the time off should help them. A good veteran coach should be able to manage the schedule properly, get everybody treatment, rested, feeling good, ready to go. And you have a home crowd that will be rising to the occasion. There's no excuse not to get this thing done. Should they not, Doc Rivers will be fired, and we turn the page. And the process is officially over, I guess, in my book. Um, we can stop using that phrase because it will all be about the next chapter.
1: And I'll all tell right. you one thing. I like it. Well the, said. The clock
0: is ticking on Joel Embiid. Not, and I don't mean putting him on blast. I'm saying his career as a sixer and longevity longevity of his career will be ticking Big time, if they get bounced in the first round. Because people start talking, well, you only have two to three more years. of his prime, should they look to move him? You wait and see. There'll be a lot of chatter about the Sixers' yep. future should they bow out in round one.
1: I'm with you.
0: All right, brother. Godspeed to
1: you. Hey, have a great call tonight. Enjoy uh, watching the opposing team and having a great call. What are the standings? Where are your boys ranked? What's the wild? Where are they?
0: The Wild are sitting at second place in the Central Division. Okay. Uh, the Oilers are at ninety point second place in the Pacific Division. Ten games to go after tonight. All
1: right. Right, all right. on.
0: So we'll get a draft podcast dialed up next. And uh, maybe talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. And hopefully the Sixers are still playing basketball. Absolutely. They will. I right, appreciate everybody tuning in. Johnny. Thanks great for all talk. the
1: support. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and keep those texts and emails and chirps coming. Like, if you think you got screwed on a take or you didn't like something we said or we left out an athlete, like, I got no problem. No, I love it. I love a little
1: interaction. People ask me, they're like, i want to call in. I'm
0: like, I don't know if we're ready for you. I'm just kidding. Well, you know what? We could just record them and their hot takes on your voice memos, send them to me, and I'll find a way to mix them into the show.
1: I like it. That's a great idea.
0: idea. All right. John Meta, Joe O'Donnell, 1098, 76ers. Till next time, Brother Love Podcast. We'll see.